Hey boys and girls, welcome to the best podcast in the history of mankind. It's Monty's Rockcast. And now here's your host, Monty Calvin. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Rockcast. I am your host, Monty Colvin. I can't stand this guy. So glad you could join me on today's show. I'm just going to kind of wing it. I will be randomly jumping from topic to topic, and we'll just see what happens. But I think I'll start out like I usually do with some listener email. And the first one is from a guy named Jeff Moore. And I've known Jeff for years, And honestly, he is one of the best guy friends I've ever had. But today, Jeff has a question for me, and he says, Hey, Monty, how's it going? That is a very good question. Well, thanks for asking, Jeff. Uh, You know, I'm hanging in there, but, uh, you know, I've been very busy here lately. I've been getting ready to do a couple of shows with Galactic Cowboys, and in case you haven't heard, we're going to be playing September 12th and September 14th in Texas. The 12th is going to be in Houston at Warehouse Live, and the 14th is going to be in Halltom City. Uh, It's a place near Fort Worth, Dallas, and it's going to be at the Halltom Theater. I guess that's the way you pronounce it, Halltom, Halltom? No. Not even close. Anyway, you can look that up because uh, we're going to be there. But in order to play those shows, I've had to go back and relearn a bunch of the songs. We haven't played in a couple of years, and I forgot a lot of that stuff. And honestly, I forgot how hard some of those songs are to play, uh, even though I wrote a lot of them. So I've been practicing every day, trying to get my voice back into shape. But I think around the 12th, I'll be ready to go. But I hope you can make it. Uh, I've talked to a lot of you guys who are flying in from all over the United States, and that is awesome. And you will not be disappointed. Both nights, we're going to be joined by Halcyon Way, a great band from Atlanta. One of their guitar players, John Bowden, is a good friend of mine. And they're just a killer band. They've uh, been on tour with bands like Queensryche and Saxon. And if you haven't heard them before, I have played them on the Rockcast a couple of times, but uh, I'm going to play them for you right now. Check it out.
So that's Halcyon Way. They're going to be playing both shows with us in Texas, and I cannot wait. Me personally, I can do without it. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, I've been watching some TV. No! Yeah, uh, you know this show Big Brother? I watch it every summer. It's a reality show. And at the beginning of the season, you know, Lindsay and I will sit there and we'll talk about it and we'll be like, uh, yeah, I don't mind him, or yeah, she's alright. But about three quarters of the way through the season, uh, we hate everyone in the cast. It all seems very contrived and fixed and at times just downright rigged. And we're never happy with who wins. And yet somehow we never miss an episode. What is wrong with you? Of course, Big Brother isn't on every night, so we gotta fill in with some other shows. For instance, how about a little man versus food? And this is where the host goes around to different cities all over the United States... And he goes into restaurants and consumes massive amounts of food in hopes of winning a free t-shirt. Sounds great. For example, if it's a barbecue place, they'll stack up about five burgers, add about 25 pieces of cheese, they'll throw some coleslaw on there with a couple of pounds of chili, add a few of the hottest jalapenos known to mankind, serve it up with two milkshakes and five pounds of fries, and then give him 30 minutes to eat the whole thing. I'm going to vomit. We Americans really enjoy this kind of programming. A show like this isn't quite as popular in places like Haiti, but then again, they probably don't have cable. That's true. Another show that just about makes me sick every time I watch it is My Strange Addiction. This is a show about people that have weird and bizarre obsessions. For instance, if your teenage daughter likes to eat plastic, that could be a problem. If you see her always chewing on a plastic fork or your CD cases, uh, you know, that could be kind of concerning. But if one day you find out your remote's missing, uh, you might want to get her an x-ray. Or if you're somebody that likes to eat drywall or maybe drink paint, uh, you know, you might want to see a doctor. That isn't healthy. However, the guy that I found most interesting was some dude that was obsessed with cleaning the hair out of bathtub drains. And they kind of alluded to the fact that this guy possibly snuck into people's houses when they weren't there and, uh, you know, uh, cleaned their drains. And I know that sounds really creepy, but, you know, I got to thinking if the guy broke into my house and uh, cleaned my drain, I think I'd probably just thank him. Much appreciated. All right, I said I was going to be all over the place on this episode, and I am. So here now is one of your top ten lists, and this comes to us from Scott Gibson. And Scott says, this is a list of the top ten bands that I think I am the only one who listens to them. Okay, well, if you are the only person who listens to these bands, Scott, uh, chances are they aren't around anymore. But let's see what you got. It starts out at number 10 with Cold. Who, who, who that? He says their album Year of the Spider was great. And yes, I will agree. Because I have that album, I love Cold, and uh, it was really good. Trying to breathe, her 
continuing on with a top 10 list of bands that only Scott Gibson listens to. At number 9, it's an all-girl band called Drain STH. Never heard of them. Number 8 is Default. Uh, nope. At number 7, it's a band, uh, let's see, uh, M-E-Y-T-A-L. Is that Maytel? Metal? I don't know. I've never heard of it. But at number six, I have heard of Shotgun Messiah. Okay. Number five is CKY. No, it's not ringing a bell. Number four is T-Ride. I don't know who that is. Number three is Meg Myers. Who the hell is that? Number two is someone called Self. Don't know what the hell he's talking about. And finally, at number one on Scott's list, it's The Pursuit of Happiness. Well, Scott, you may think you're the only one who listens to The Pursuit of Happiness, but you would be wrong, sir, because I have loved that band since the 90s. And I've got three of their albums. I'm not sure if they did any more than that, but I saw them once, and they were great. The vocals were just spot on, and they were really good live. But they always made really good albums with really good songwriting in them, and uh, they sounded a little bit like this. You're embrace. 
So that was the pursuit of happiness, and thanks to Scott Gibson for that cool list. And if you'd like to get a hold of me and send me your cool list, or if you've got a question, or if you just want to say hi, you can do so on my website, monicolvin.net, or on Facebook, where, as you know, uh, you can add me as a friend. And yeah, we can be friends. Oh, goody. You know, I'll add almost anybody on Facebook. Uh, you know, if you don't look like an obvious hacker or you've got a profile pic, I usually will just add you. And I always try and answer every single message or email that I get. And I do that because that's the way I would like to be treated if I reached out to somebody that I admired or that I was a fan of. But honestly, that rarely happens, and it's gotten to the point where I don't even bother. But the other day, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I run onto this profile of this guy named Francis Dunnery. And I go, oh, wow, that's that singer, songwriter, guitar player from It Bites, a band that I loved back in the 90s. And so I hit the add friend button, and uh, then I didn't think too much about it. But the next day, I get this message from Francis Dunnery. No way. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And it says, hey, Monty, uh, I can't add any more friends. I wish I could. But uh, hey, if you'd like to follow me on uh, one of my fan sites, uh, that'd be awesome. And I thought that was so cool that he would send me a personal message. And so I wrote him back. And I said, hey, Francis, thank you so much for sending that message. That was so cool of you. I play in this band called Galactic Cowboys, and I'm just a huge fan of It Bites. And I saw you guys in the 90s open for Jethro Tull, and you opened with that song called Kiss Like Judas, and uh, it was just amazing. And I thought, you know, maybe he'll write me back and say, very cool, or, oh yeah, I've heard of you guys. But instead, uh, the next day, he just sent me one of those thumbs-up emojis. Which, as you know, just means, uh, okay, we're done here. But whatever, I'm still a big It Bites fan. And they put out a couple of great albums in the 80s. I didn't get to see them till the 90s, but uh, they were along the lines of Genesis and, uh, I don't know, stuff like that. They were kind of proggy, but very melodic, really cool songs.
All right, let's answer a few questions from Facebook. Oh, boy! These are questions that people post on Facebook, and instead of answering them on there, I answer them here on this podcast. I don't know what a podcast is. Let's see. The first one I'll go with is, uh, if you could have one thing back from the 80s, what would it be? Hmm, well, I don't know that I can narrow it down to one thing, but uh, something that pops into my head is record stores. I used to love to go into those, and they'd have that whole wall of new releases. And back in the 80s, when I was in college, there was a place across the street from the campus. And I would go over there every week and check out the new vinyl, and as soon as it came out, they would put it on sale for five bucks. And a lot of times, if I saw something that looked interesting, I would just go ahead and buy it. And I'd get back to my apartment, and I'd play it, and I'd find out then if it was any good. And if it was good, it would take on this very special importance to me. And that happened one time with the Scorpions' Love Drive album. I'd never really heard of them at that point, and I just bought it, and I got it home, and I went, Wow, this is great. I mean, whether you like it or not, that's an incredible story. Yeah, so that was good times. Uh, But uh, another thing that doesn't happen anymore that used to happen in the 80s, Playboy celebrity pictorials. Oh, yeah! Believe it or not, back then, celebrities would just agree to get naked and be in Playboy. And I don't think that happens much anymore. Uh, These days, you know, they've got to get their phones hacked or something like that. But back then, you know, you'd have Victoria Principal or uh, Suzanne Summers, and they'd have a hit TV show, and then the next thing you know, they're in Playboy nude. Yeah! Woo! And you just don't see that much anymore. And uh, it's a damn shame. Uh, That's all I'm saying. It breaks my heart. The next question from Facebook is, how many times have you seen Iron Maiden in concert? That's a stupid question. Okay, well, back in the late 80s, early 90s, I actually knew their tour manager. And I used to get free tickets and backstage passes and all that. However, I never actually met the band, but uh, I did talk to a couple of their roadies. And one time, uh, one of them gave me a Steve Harris wristband. And I still have that and will cherish it forever. But the first time was in London, England. Uh, We were over there playing and just happened to be there the same day. And I got to see them and that was great. That was on the Seventh Sun tour. And then when they were in the States playing, I saw them again on that tour. So that was twice. Uh, The third time uh, was when they were touring with Blaze Bailey as the singer. And that was actually really sad because they were in a club and uh, it was just really weird. They were playing mostly the Blaze Bailey stuff, and they weren't doing songs that people wanted to hear, and a lot of people were pissed off. But the last two times I saw them were excellent. That was in the last uh, five years or so. And one time uh, Megadeth opened, and the last time Ghost opened. And those were both great shows, but uh, let's see, adding up, uh, we've got a total of five times. So what? Okay, here's another one that somebody posted. It's uh, name seven bands that define your musical taste. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, Seven. Uh, Why not ten or five? Uh, But okay, whatever. Uh, Let's see. I'll start out with some Galactic Cowboys. Well, duh! 
Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Uh, next, uh, well, my favorite band of all time, the Wild Hearts. They pretty much do everything I want to hear in a band. I would also want some punk rock in there, so let's go with the Ramones. I'd also need to put some old thrash stuff in there, so how about some old Megadeth or Metallica? Let's see, that's four. Uh, Another one would be Kansas. That would kind of cover the proggy, uh, you know, 70s classic rock thing. However, I'm not an old burnout, so I would need to put in like a newer band like Seosin or Of Mice and Men. So that's six, and finally I would go with some hardcore metal. Something that's going to crush my skull, and for that I will go with Killswitch Engage. God, are you predictable! Yes, Killswitch Engage. Uh, Just love that band, one of my favorites, and by the way, they have a new album. It's called Atonement. Let's check it out. what anybody else thinks about this new album but uh, they rarely do anything that I am disappointed in and once again I was not disappointed they always give me pretty much what I want in a metal album some singing some screaming some killer riffs and some catchy choruses
That is so crushing. So that's some of the new Kill Switch Engage. They're now on Metal Blade Records. And I like it a lot. <laughs> okay, now I think I'll do a concert review. Because recently, Lindsay and I went to St. Louis, Missouri to see Kiss. Lindsay had never seen him before, and it was the first time I'd seen him since the 90s when they did that reunion tour with Ace and Peter. So we were really looking forward to this. It's about a four-hour drive to St. Louis, and we got up there, and we went with a really cool couple, uh, Justin Dunlop and his wife Jennifer. And we went out to dinner before the concert, and uh, I just love guys like Justin. He's just so into rock and roll. He's got tons of CDs, and he goes to tons of concerts. And he will travel great distances to see bands that he likes. And uh, he told me he's seen Galactic Cowboys like 10 times. So right there, you know he's a cool guy with a good head on his shoulders. Absolute genius! And so we had some Mexican food, and then we headed over to the amphitheater, and we got there, and I did not realize it, but this show was sold out. And it was outside, and there was probably 20,000 people there. And that kind of surprised me. I did not realize that KISS was still that huge, but apparently they are in Missouri. (laughs) That's crazy! Anyway, we got there at 7.30, and there was not an opening band. Uh, As it turned out, it was an opening painter. Huh? Yeah, it was kind of different, but uh, they had this artist up there. And he was painting on these big canvases, and he was doing uh, famous rock musicians. Kind of like I do, uh, except instead of it taking him a couple of weeks, it would take him like 15 minutes. And while he was painting this one, uh, there was this music by Van Halen, you know, like Panama and Jump. And you can't really tell what he's doing until he flips it right side up, and there's a perfect painting of Eddie Van Halen. And I personally thought it was pretty cool. I'm into that kind of thing anyway, so uh, I liked it. But the real fun started around 9 when KISS came out and opened with Detroit Rock City. And beforehand, I had heard a lot of stuff about this show. That a lot of it was on tape and, uh, you know, Paul Stanley can't sing anymore and all that. But from what I could tell, a lot of what they were doing was live. I mean, some of the vocals may be on tape, but uh, for the most part, uh, it sounded real. At least it did to me. I mean, it didn't sound perfect, and uh, I like that. But you could tell that Paul's voice is, uh, you know, pretty much shot. Especially when he would talk to the crowd in between songs. But honestly, none of that bothered me. And I'd also heard people complain that it's not the original lineup. But do I really care? No. Because it was just a great show. And as long as they wear the makeup, they are timeless. Gene could be 30 years old, or he could be 70. And he was really entertaining. He looked like he was still having a great time. And I still love Gene Simmons, and I think the guy is hilarious. He's old! I was also surprisingly happy with the set list. They did a few things that I'm not crazy about, like Crazy Crazy Nights. And I could have done without the song they did off of Sonic Boom. But they did do stuff that I loved, like Deuce and uh, 100,000 Years and Black Diamond. But overall, it was a great show. We had a great time. 
And who knows, it may be the last time we ever get to see him. So thanks to Justin for hooking us up with those tickets and treating Lindsay to her first KISS concert. Alright, I mentioned the Wild Hearts earlier in this episode, and the genius behind that band is Ginger Wildheart. And he has a brand new solo album out called Head Zap Poppin'. And I listened to it for the first time the other day, and uh, the first song on the album just immediately blew me away. And then I played it for Lindsay, and then I played it a third time for myself, and that's when I proclaimed, this is my favorite song of the year so far. And I'm going to dedicate this one to Morris in Ireland. I've been calling him Maurice for years, but uh, it's pronounced Morris. And he is a big Wild Hearts fan as well as an avid Rockcast listener. And so here you go, Morris. You're about to get an eargasm courtesy of Mr. Ginger Wildheart. I love the lyrics on this song because they're so real. He's not afraid to be open, and it's like he's just letting you take a look inside of his life. And then he combines it with melodies that are just absolutely brilliant. I don't know how he continues to come up with stuff like this just again and again, but he does.
All right, before I go any further, I want to give a few shout-outs to some people who have supported this podcast, my art, my music, and uh, just me in general. And I will start out by thanking Jennifer Hamilton for buying t-shirts and making a kind donation. And Carl Winkleman, who bought a couple crunchy t-shirts and made several donations. Thank you, Carl. Also buying CDs and t-shirts were Stephen Del Signor, Chris in Baltimore, William Alexander, and Kevin Monroe. Uh, also, Mike Holmes bought a crunchy CD. Also, a big thank you to people who bought paintings off my art website, which is monicolvinart.com. Thank you, Gray Fowler, for buying a Frank Zappa painting. Thanks to Brett Mulzer for buying a Steve Harris. And thank you, Rob James, for buying a Dave Grohl. I also had a lot of people message me over the last few months and commission me to do paintings for them. Robbie Sykes had me paint his dog, and he gave it as a present to his wife. Justin Dunlop had me paint his wife, Jennifer. Thank you, Justin. John Finch surprised his wife with a painting of both of them. Ron Hartwig had me paint Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. Scott Lofquist had me paint Doc Ellis, former pitcher from the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Dave Moore commissioned me to do Devin Townsend. And finally, Mike Galvin commissioned me to do a big old King's X painting. Whoa! So thanks to everyone, uh, but uh, I better move on now because I don't want to start boring you. It's a little late for that. All right, let's do some random questions. And here's one from Brady and Little Rock. He's always got good questions for me. And this one is a two-part question. First one is... Monty, which of your musical contemporaries were you surprised to see make it big? And then part two, which surprised you by never making it big? Okay, well that's pretty easy because the answer is Nirvana. I'm sure you all know the story by now, but uh, the same guy that signed us, Galactic Cowboys, also signed Nirvana. And not even he expected Nirvana to explode the way they did. Or at least that's what he told us. They were just supposed to be this little cool alternative band, but they ended up taking over the world instead. And shortly after they did, the label forgot about us and dropped us. As for the second part of his question, who surprised me by never making it big? Uh, How about Galactic Cowboys? Ah, there you go. Yeah, Geffen told us we were going to be huge, and uh, no. This has made me terribly sad. Now, I know a lot of you guys are King's X fans, and I hear you say all the time, they should have been big. And yeah, I thought they would have been bigger too, but the reason why I was surprised that they didn't make it huge was because they had so many opportunities. They played Woodstock, they toured with Pearl Jam, and they did arena tours with ACDC and the Scorpions, and they were playing in front of like 15,000 people every night. And yet, for some reason, it just never caught on. So what are you going to do? It's just not fair! Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for me for now. Um, drop me a message or an email and let me know what you think of my podcast. The whole thing stinks! I'm going to take you out with one last song by Halcyon Way. I hope you'll come see them and us in September in Texas. 
It's going to be a great time. But until then, this is Monty saying take care. Don't let anyone tell you what to like. Unless it's me. And rock on.
This has been Monty's Rockcast. The end.